97% of salespeople are missing this one thing that if they only knew it would allow them to close 75% more sales. It has nothing to do with charisma, the gift of gab, or whatever else you've been told. Because if you're trying to convince your customer, that means they don't want to buy, which means you've already lost the sale. What sales professionals do is sell customers exactly what they want to buy. They work with the customer to uncover their current challenges, the consequences of those challenges, and how that's impacting them. They then help the prospect describe the ideal solution to their problems, what that looks like, and how that perfect outcome will impact them. And once they can picture that perfect outcome, price is irrelevant. That's right. Sales professionals sell customers exactly what they want to buy because it's easier dealing with a happy customer than dealing with a customer who felt sold. So here's the deal. I explain everything in my live two-day sales workshop, June 14th and 15th in my office. Go to closemoresales.com workshop and you'll be able to close more sales as soon as you get back. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Darren Dammy with Bullseye Branding, the secret sauce behind all those guys having success on TV you've been seeing on the show the last few months. If this is your first time tuning in, I am Steve Trang, sales trainer for some of the top wholesalers in the country, and I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. One question I get all the time is how do I become one of the 100 millionaires? The information on this podcast alone is enough for you to become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. All you got to do is take consistent action and you'll become one. When you hear a nugget, please type into the comment section. After the show, identify your single biggest takeaway and focus on just that for the next seven days. If you get value out of the show, please tag a friend below. Share this up with us right now. That way we can all grow together and this is a live show. So please ask your questions for Darren to answer. You ready? I'm ready, man. Thanks All for right. having me. This is cool. Thanks for coming, man. Look at really this setup, it. bro. Good job. <laughs> thank you. Thank Good you. Job. Well, someone with an eye for media can appreciate it. No, I definitely appreciate it. Yeah. And I don't have anything like this, and I've been in the media for 20 years. So <laughs> great job on it. It looks great. Thank you. Thank you very much. So this is going to be a slightly different angle, but some of the questions, or a lot of the questions are going to be the same. Okay. So for you, what got you into real estate? Well, I'm really not a real estate guy. Um, I don't have a real estate license. You kind of do some uh, of the most important things for that real estate company. Yeah, so that's probably why I'm able to do some of those things because I look at it from outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the COO for Doug Hopkins here in Phoenix. Uh, we did north of 400 deals last year. Um, and then through that, I also created Bullseye Branding, which is our, our media arm. And it really just started by me buying television commercials for Doug uh, here in Phoenix and Los Angeles. Um, what was the question again? What got you into real estate? Doug and I went to high school together. Um, at Mountain View High School. Yeah. <clears throat> I probably shouldn't say the year because I know everybody's thinking, yeah, he's probably 30 something. Yeah. 90, uh, 95, 96 around there. Yeah. How about 89? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we went to high school together. We were uh, great friends in high school. We remained, uh, really good friends throughout our adulthood. And I went into radio and he went into real estate and the cool thing was is that we never really worked together. So I didn't need, you know, like a, a lot of times friendships in real estate are built on, uh, you know, buying a house from somebody or, you know, getting their contacts so that you can flip a house and their their contractors and everything else like that. Uh, we just had a friendship, which was cool. So it wasn't based on money or need or anything else like that. It was We were truly friends. 
And uh, then afterwards, I went into gold and had a really successful gold store in Palm Springs. And Doug was still doing real estate. Mm -hmm. So I started, you know, I was flipping. I was buying it at a price and selling it at a price. But that's when I really got into business Mm -hmm. and being organized. You know, it wasn't like being a DJ. And uh, after that, Doug and I talked. He's a visionary. I'm I'm a captain in the predictive index. Mm -hmm. And he's got great vision, but he thinks of A and Z. And he doesn't realize that there's 24 other letters in the <laughs> alphabet to get you to Z. And and that's my thing is is just saying, okay, what do you want to do? And, and let's create the roadmap to do it. You said that you're a captain? Yes. Interesting. Is that normal for a captain to be an operator? Well, I don't know. I just, uh, you see, I like to say things like I'm really smart, like throwing out my predictive index. Yeah. Really, all I know is Maverick and Captain, because that's what Doug is, is a Maverick. I'm a Captain. Um, And I'm probably not the most organized person, but boy, when I love something and I get into it and creating systems and processes and, you know, in the real estate world and then in the media world, creating our lead attribution system and building a business, uh, that just excites me. And so in in that case, then I'm, I'm OCD when it comes to details. So probably not my standard personality, but something that I really like doing when it when you get to see the growth in a business. And I think that one thing is interesting, right? Because Doug's been doing real estate here forever. Oh, yeah. Right? Since uh, 94, I want to say. And um, I mean, I, he was already doing TV before we connected. Mm-hmm. And I thought that he kind of had this stranglehold. Right on TV, and he does. But you really helped him tighten that stranglehold. When did you guys partner up? Well, here's the funny thing. I actually in 2012, I moved two doors down from him in Los Angeles, so that our kids could be with his kids, my wife could hang out with his wife, you know, and all that. And he got a divorce about a month later. <laughs> and moved. <laughs> but he was down there uh, cutting his commercial. And this is long before I partnered up with him. And uh, I wasn't even a part of it. And he called me. He goes, hey, you know what? We're filming my commercial. And it was the one where he was up on his deck looking over. You know, it's from like seven, eight years ago or, or however long. And he goes, what do you think? I go, I think it sucks. And he goes, well, what do you mean? And I go, give me a piece of paper, give a paper plate, something. And I said, what do you do? He goes, I buy houses. I said, I want you to start it off by saying, I'm Doug Hopkins and I want to buy your house. Mm -hmm. And if you really think about it, a commercial is, it's like a a newspaper article. It's got a headline, it's got the meat and it's got the summary, but you have to make it memorable within 30 seconds, whatever your message is, even on, on YouTube or or a print ad or a radio ad or anything like that. And so I said, what do you do? I buy houses. I'm Doug Hopkins. I want to buy your house. Yeah. And I said, okay, so what kind of houses do you buy? Because it could be totally trashy to great. I go, okay, it that could be a total really fixer upper or in perfect condition. I go, why should people sell it to you? Well, because there's no fees, no commissions, no banks, and no repairs. I go, perfect. When you sell your house to DougHopkins.com, there's no fees, commissions, banks, or repairs. And that's how that commercial came to be. And we ran the same commercial for eight, nine years, we would only reshoot it when his appearance would change. Of course, he'd get much better looking as time aged. Naturally. He's probably watching right now. (laughs) Um, 
but that's where that commercial came from, and it's the same commercial now that people all over the country, the same script that people all over the country are if using. If not Doug's face in other parts. And of the Doug's game. also sometimes, if they don't want to be on the on the commercial, Doug yeah. will do it. Yeah. Um, so we partnered up in 2016 uh, after, you know, I, I rode the gold wave, and I d- had a great gold store in Palm Springs, but then gold kind of fizzled out. And uh, he's like, man, I, I could really use you to come in and organize um, my business. And that's what I did. I came and so, in and b- organized it. And so, like, it's, it's interesting because I've been in other rooms, right? And they're like, God, this Doug Hopkins guy, like, how do we beat him? You know, and like, what marketing we got to do is like, man, you know, like, just go on TV. And then we meet. It's like, oh, can't just go on TV. Yeah, we'll crush you. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. But you know what? You can't just go on TV. And that's part of the problem mm-hmm. is that, um, th- Especially now, there is so much competition out there. Mm-hmm. You really have to have a a message that stands out, but b you got to know how to buy TV. You got to know where the eyes are. You got to know where your audience is, and you got to know. Like we've had data from three, four years now. I, I started buying his TV in two thousand seventeen. I know exactly what day and what what shows and what TV stations work, and that same show on a different day on the same station. Never pulls. Really? Exactly. Well, think about it here. I'll give you a, in, in general. Um, the 5 o'clock news, mm-hmm. let's say. Okay, well, people are doing a lot of different things at 5 o'clock depending on the day. Mm-hmm. On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they might be either coming home or at home. What's well, called the 6 o'clock news. So they're at home having dinner. Okay? Mm-hmm. Where are they at on Friday? Not at home. They're not at home. They're not watching the 5 or 6 o'clock news. Right. So, but what happens is people wind up ordering from TV. Uh, it's called a run of schedule. And that's what TV stations love to do because they're, hey, just give us $5,000. We'll play the commercials wherever. <laughs> that's a great, great and that's, way to use the money. And that's what the deal is. Well, what you wind up doing is your commercials wind up falling in the places that I don't buy. Because mm-hmm. I buy all the prime spots that I know are going to work. And you wind up in all the empty spots that nobody else wanted to buy. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's how we built this out. So let's say I was in a market, i.e. Phoenix, and I wanted to get on TV. What advice would you give someone that they were trying to penetrate the, uh, the, the TV market? Well, it's really hard because you can see that there's several people who have tried, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and I'm talking, you know, you have the, the big corporations, the open door offer pads and all those guys that are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. Um, I wish I had their budget. I wish I wish I could take their losses as well, because they're the only types of companies that can lose six hundred million dollars in a quarter, and their stock goes through the roof because they lost nine hundred million the month before. Yeah, it was an improvement. You know, but you have these people that'll go out and they'll they'll buy for a month or two, and they'll throw twenty fifty thousand dollars at it, and they'll get their butts kicked. Mm-hmm. And we've seen them come and go and come and go. So honestly, and, and I'm not just saying this. For Phoenix, I'm saying this for most markets, you probably don't want to do it unless you really know what you're doing. It's you're playing. I shouldn't just go out and buy houses. I'm not a real estate agent. I don't, you know, I and I have quite a bit of an education now being in in real estate. But could you imagine somebody who isn't in real estate just going out in this market and blindly buying houses? You're going to get crushed. It's a disaster. You're going to get crushed. You're not going to see the foundation issues or the roof issues or that it was flooded at some point. Well, the same thing happens with TV and radio. Yeah. Is you you go out there and you buy blind and you're going to get crushed. So we got. I don't know how well connected you are with the realtors in town, right? So we got Russell Shaw, right? The guy's he used awesome. to be a radio guy too. He was a radio. Yeah, yeah. 
that's actually how he got free radio time was that he would work to get free radio yes. time. Yes. Um, and so in, in talking to him, it's like, well, his target market is just conservative radio. Right? He's like, I want old, angry white guys. Gotcha. Right? So that's like, that's where I advertise my TV, my radio. Like, it's just conservative radio or, you know, conservative TV. Right. Like, do you have like a, a demographic or an avatar or someone that you go after when you're, when, you know, someone's trying to advertise on TV? Um, no, we buy, well, yes and no. So obviously we have an avatar of, of who our typical uh, client is. Mm -hmm. And that's typically, uh, you know, obviously a homeowner, mainly over the age of 50 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I don't look at ratings for television stations. I look at leads, like, because that's something different about our advertising agency, Bullseye Branding, is that we're buying leads, we're not buying commercials. Mm -hmm. And that's how I explain it to the television stations. Got it. So you could have a very poorly rated station, but if I buy a $50 commercial and I get a lead out of it, that's a $50 cost per lead. Mm -hmm. Whereas I could buy Wheel of Fortune for $1,400 and get three leads out of it, that's five hundred dollars right. per lead, so I'd rather buy the the fifty dollar commercial that produces one lead than the fourteen hundred dollar commercial that produces three leads. So cost per lead is the metric that you guys are. Cost per lead is one hundred percent, and that, and that's actually what we do is we have a relationship with our clients to where they send us their leads every single week, and we do lead attribution, mm -hmm. um, and so then we're able to credit specific TV stations and 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 programs. Uh, and commercials with a lead, two leads, five leads, however many leads. And then what we do is we get their rates every week from the TV stations. Mm -hmm. If you go to buy TV, if you were to call right now, they give you the rates for the quarter. It they'd say that they never change. They're mm -hmm. just 250 for the next three months for this show. Well, it's kind of like Google, it's, it's like bidding. Mm -hmm. um, they have a certain number of spots that they have to fill up. And so if they've got a blank spot, whoever bids the most is going to get it. Whether they could sell it to everybody else at 1400 bucks a pop, and if there's one open one and I bid $50, i am going to get it. Hmm. And that's, that's what people don't understand. And so what we do is we say, okay, we do a historical analysis, and we say we've purchased 10 of these commercials over the past quarter, uh, you know, this, this hour and this day, and we got five leads from it. And it's $100 this week for the commercial. Therefore, we know we got to play two commercials to get a lead, 200 bucks per lead. And we do that with every hour of every day on every station, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then we're able to go in through our, our, through our AI and say, tell us what, here, we've got five grand, 10 grand, 20 grand to spend. Tell us where that 20 grand is spent best. And it'll say, oh, you're wow. going to buy this show on this day, this show on that day, this show on this day, this show on that day. And it changes every week because the rates change every week. Hmm. So maybe that $100 commercial is $400 next week. Well, then it doesn't fall in the buy box. But maybe there's another one that does come up into the buy box. Fascinating. So that's something you have to monitor all the time. Oh, you got to be on top of it. Yeah. And, and so that really is, that's the hard part is y'all need to be, paying attention to buying houses mm -hmm. and you don't need to hire all these extra people to do all that extra work you can hire you can hire an ad agency that that you'll have a meeting with once a month they'll say hey how was last month and you go yeah it was all right and they go all right we'll change it a little bit or you can hire an ad agency that's basically like an extra employee for you mm -hmm. that's going to go through and and find out and make those adjustments and and you just have to sit back and answer the phone 
what would it cost someone if they didn't have someone that was looking at it like a hawk? Meaning what? If they just use this agency and it's like a set it and forget it kind of situation. Oh, it cost us hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, because we did have an agency like that before. Oh, you did? Yeah. And and it was, and they weren't a bad agency. It was, it was just the way that TV does it. Mm-hmm. And we'd have a meeting once a month, once every couple you know months. And they'd, we'd go, hey, let's, let's try cable. Let's try Discovery Channel. I like Gold Rush. I like this or I like that. You know, well, who cares what I like? Who cares what you like? Yeah. What is a 50-year-old lady like that's mm-hmm. getting ready to sell her house or, or a guy? And so they'd, they'd buy, you know, whatever those channels were, and then they'd come back a month later. Well, we're doing it on a weekly basis. Yeah. So, and I'm not even asking you. I'm pulling your leads, and I'm going, oh, man, we had 50 leads last week. We had 25 this week. But I know where those 25 leads came from, but I also know which commercials played that didn't pull any leads. Mm-hmm. And so we're just, we're, it, it's time and money and opportunity, and, and then it also gives you the confidence to go all in like we're going all in now at yeah. this market and it gives us the it gives us the confidence heck in, in la we're spending a quarter million dollars a month um can you imagine like if you were doing that blindly like that can sink a company in just a couple of months yeah um here in phoenix we're doing about half that right now mm-hmm. um and, and we're going more and more and more every single month because we know what's working. And, and also, right now, it's, the market's tight. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that can sell their houses. Um, why would they sell it wholesale? You know, here in Phoenix especially, if you need ten dollars or $20,000 on your house and you were hoping to get two hundred and fifty dollars for it six months ago, you can sell it for two fifty dollars now and not even do the repairs. Right. So why would I want to sell it wholesale? Um, you know, so th- there's less available people right now to, uh, you know, for that audience. So yeah. you really got to zone in on them. But, yeah, it could cost you a lot. So let's talk about first, if Doug's watching, like I, you guys need to retire, right? Just <laughs> take it easy. We're not that old. <laughs> uh, but, you know, one and a quarter or 100, 100 and a quarter a month in Phoenix, like what are, is your expected ROI on that? Uh, Word about... Here's the interesting thing about it. We only do TV and radio and very small PPC. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, we're eight, nine ROI right now. Eight or nine X? Yeah. Now, oh, you tie that man. just to TV because here's a, here's a problem. We also have great word of mouth because mm-hmm. we bought a lot of houses throughout the years. So those people came from TV commercials at one time or radio commercial or whatever. And now it's three, four or five years later, they're telling their friend or, or something like that. We have great relationship with real estate agents uh, all across the city. So they're sending us uh, houses that they can't sell. Um so if you look at just the actual TV leads that came in last week, it's typically four to six ROI. But you pile in everything else that we're not spending money on that really is a byproduct of, of our marketing throughout the years and our current marketing, it, it's eight to eight to nine, ten ROI. What about LA? What is quarter of a million a month buy you in LA? Well, let me put it to you this way. They did $1.3 million in wholesale fees um, last month. Okay, so a little bit more than 5X. Yeah. It's okay, ROI. It's all right. Yeah, it'll work. You know, it'll and then you got to have the guts when, but even we've had this conversation too, you know, like right now, the cost per lead is going up for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you're seeing it too mm-hmm. on throughout all channels. Um, is it better to spend twice as much and make 50% more 
if you see it, not 100% more. So is it better to spend, uh, let's say, $100,000 and make $200,000 in income, so a profit of 100000 Or is it better to spend $200,000 and make $350,000, in other words, $150,000 okay. income? Now your cost per lead went way up, you okay. know, and your profit margin went way down. But you still made... $150,000 more. Yeah, it's uh, it's diminishing returns. And that's the that's where you need somebody to push you, but you got to have the confidence in it too. Right. Um, Doug and I have this relationship as his COO and, and we're best friends to where um, I asked him to raise the budget several months ago. And he said, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure about this. Cost per lead is going up. Um, we had our best month ever in February and we had our second best month ever in March. And he came in in February and he's like, oh my gosh, we're, you know, $300,000 in wholesales more than our best month ever. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And, and he's like, holy smokes, man, this is awesome. I say, yeah, I doubled the budget, dude. Because <laughs> I know you didn't. I go, yeah, I actually doubled the budget when you said no. Um, yeah, you made an so executive decision. And it's really important to be able to, you know, you don't really want to have that with somebody you don't know. Mm -hmm. And really, as a COO, you probably shouldn't do that. Um, I would never do that unless I was 100% certain that we were going to get the results that we did. Mm -hmm. And because of the data that Bullseye Branding puts together, that's why I was able to make that decision. Got it. So... Having the data is really important. It's it's everything, man. Yeah. The KPI and then going into KPIs and in your CRM and man, if you don't have the data, you're fishing blind. So there was an interesting debate, I think yesterday, um, and I saw you commented on it. It was basically the question about lead managers. Yeah. Um, so it was something along the lines of you know how much to spend or what, what was exact conversation. Because I, I want you to dive into this. The question was whether or not to use VAs as your lead managers. Mm -hmm. but that, at least that's how I read it. Right. And then you wanted a diatribe. You want to elaborate on it? <laughs> Would you call it a, a diatribe? <laughs> I can I, see you screaming. I'm slightly animated. I, I think the whole uh, sentence at the end that said uh, people who use VAs are small time probably struck some nerves. But, but here is how I genuinely feel about it. That... Look, I, I, I use VAs, but I don't use VAs as a front line to deal with customers. Mm -hmm. um, every time I call someplace, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, XM, satellite radio. I got to call every six months because they have the special. And if you, don't, if you let the six months go, they put you at the regular rate, which mm -hmm. is like five times what you're paying. So every six months, I got to call and get the $60 six months plan. And every time the very first call, I get somebody in a call center, a foreign call center, and I can never get what I need done. Usually they're not given the, the leniency to be able to do. They don't have the authority. And, and I've been a customer as a radio guy. I've been a customer of XM since like day one, you know? And so I always start by calling and saying, hey, this is my six month call. If you look at my, if you look at my thing, you're going to see that every six months I call, every six months I've got to cancel, every six months you transfer me to the customer uh, retention, department. and then every six months you give me the same deal I've always had. Can we just skip all of that and just go, I can't communicate that to somebody in a call center. Mm -mm. They don't They don't get it. They just, and so, but I'll hang up and I'll call back. And every once in a while you catch somebody in America. And boom, it's a five-minute conversation to get it taken care of, and it's done. And you feel like, so when I call, instantly if I hear that they're in a call center, I'm like, oh, 
Now, if you're selling your house and it's the biggest thing, it's the biggest financial decision you're ever going to make, and you call and you get somebody in a call center who really doesn't understand American culture, um, these people aren't calling because they're having the greatest day in their lives. They're calling because they have a hardship. Mm -hmm. Something's going on here. And they want to, I mean, our, our best customers are people that we've, you know, we've hugged. They've cried in front of us. We've, we've said, I can get this done for you. I can do this now. That's to me, that's impossible with a VA. It just doesn't happen. Maybe there's a unicorn here and there, but we've got, and you've met our, our lead managers. We have three local lead managers. They know Everything that there is to know, and actually, I think two of them now have real estate licenses, too, and we're working on the third one. Um, the, the telephone call comes in. We got a call last Saturday. It came in at 1030 in the morning. Um, Mike instantly knew this is a house that is, is a hot lead. I think we can get this. Doug was at that house at 12 o'clock that afternoon and had a signed contract at 1230. Within two hours of the person calling us, we had a signed contract on the house mm-hmm. and we had an in-person appointment. So I'm also completely against, and, and I know you guys are, are very good at what you do, but you know, doing things virtually, like maybe I'm old school. I'm 49 years old. I think face to face talking to somebody is so much more effective, yeah. um, especially than a VA. And, and even from a virtual standpoint, I think if people are in that city and they can go out, I think two to one, you'll wind up signing more contracts. The line I love there was, I pray that. Oh, I do. I know you want to finish that statement. Yeah, I said, I pray that anybody, any of our competitors in Phoenix use VAs for their lead <laughs> managers. There's a use for, for VAs, and, yeah. and there's some really good ones out there, um, just not frontline calling. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, you got, I met Mike, Josh, and then was it Lisa? Lynn. Lynn. And so, Joel. And Joel. Yeah. You got rock stars. Rock stars. Yeah. And we've held on, like they've all been working with us for well over a year, almost two years now. Yeah. So very, like no turnover at all. Yeah, no, you got you got an amazing group. Uh, so there was something that we were saying. Um, I called you a couple weeks ago and you were like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, <laughs> uh, dazed? Shocked? What's the word I'm looking for? Because I called you. Yeah. I was like, Darren, I want to expand. Oh, yeah. All right. And it's like, you know, here's what I'm thinking about. And you're like, okay, cool. So, like, you got boosting the ground there? Like, what do I need boosting the ground for? Yeah. <laughs> you want to explain your expression? Um, It's really just the way that I think, man. Yeah. And, you know, I got to tell you, you know, Dan Bro mm-hmm. um, up in Rochester, mm-hmm. um, he hired a COO that lives in California. Mm-hmm. And and I love his CEO, uh, Carlos. Great guy, man. I mean, he's freaking awesome. Um, but before, when he was just talking about hiring somebody, uh, I'm like, well, they're going to move to Rochester, right? And he's like, no, they can be my COO from California or Texas or wherever. I'm like, really? Like, yeah. how's that going to happen? Like, right. you need, like, and I just look at it, and, and maybe I'm looking at it through, you know, uh, through my vision of just, mm-hmm. you know, goggles or whatever, but... Man, I want to walk into Doug and be like, hey, let's change something or let's do this or let's do that and have a face to face. And I and I can't even imagine having a COO, somebody running your company that you've never even met face to face before. Well, I think the other thing, too, that really shocked you was like, hey, I want to open this market. He's like, who do you have there? Like, Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and for you, you're like, 
this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I brought. Well, the- I will tell you though, when COVID hit, um, people who were very good at doing things virtually, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really is a talent that is needed in this world because we don't know what curveball is coming for us at any right. one time. So those who were very good at, at, at doing things virtually and closing virtually excelled during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think when it's one-on-one and, and there are no restrictions, I, I have to think that being in somebody's living room is stronger than being oh, in somebody's Oh, I wholeheartedly home. agree. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I think the thing that I kind of laughed at was like you were kind of shocked at like the speed I like to move. Yeah. Right? And like... I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And I expect it like done like in two or three days. Yeah. Right. And you're like, what is wrong with you? That's like, what, well, but, but no, that's what, that's what winners and losers do yeah. because the winners do it and they do it well. The losers make that quick choice and they fall flat on their face. Right. You're definitely in, in the winner category. Yeah. Um, and there's no doubt that you're, you're going to put it together and you're going to make it succeed. Yeah. Um, I, I would think for most other people though, I'd be like, whoa, slow your roll a second there. Why don't you have like. Why don't you go visit the city first and maybe put a person or two on the ground or, you know. So I took that message. It's like, hey, you know, I was talking to Darren and he's got a lot of clients that are really successful. And the fact that he was kind of disturbed at how fast I want to move. Like, babe, I'm sorry. I was talking to my wife. Like, I'm sorry that you have to put up with me because this is the guy you got to deal with. Yeah. (laughs) Every day. My wife's the same way, though, because uh, I did radio for 20, 25 years. Mm And I got laid off in 2006, right, you know, with the economic crisis and all that. And my wife's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't want to do radio anymore. I'm 34 years old. I don't like Britney Spears or all that stuff anymore. You don't like Britney Spears. She is pretty. She's 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 all right. I got to be careful what I say here (laughs) because everything lives in infamy now on the Internet. I was I was famous before the days of the Internet. So luckily, all of my uh, misgivings and crazy statements are up and pre-twitter on um she's like what do you want to do and i'm like well i got this buddy who's buying gold and he's making a lot of money i think i'm gonna do that she's like you need to get a job (laughs) i'm like where am i gonna get a job like what am i gonna do like what do you think i'm gonna do i'm a high school graduate i've done radio for the last 20 years i think i'm gonna walk into an attorney's office and get a job and be like yeah i'd like to make two hundred thousand dollars a year yeah like i i want to make some money here and i took all of my severance and i paid off our debt and then I went and started the gold store, something I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. And we made millions. It was incredible yeah. because because I'm not I wasn't a gold guy. I was a marketer. Right. I'm not a real estate guy. I'm a marketer. That's yeah. what everybody once people figured that out, like you're not a real estate agent. You are a real estate marketer. Mm-hmm. You're marketing yourself. Right. And once people figure that out, those are the people who really excel. And you've obvious. I mean, look at this. This is insane. When yeah. what you built over the past, heck, I mean, I've only been familiar with you for the last year or so, but you know what you've built just in the last year is incredible. And with your sales trainings and and gone from you know doing some sales training to creating this incredible YouTube channel to being the hottest thing in CG and also outside of CG, and you've built your own network of people. It's freaking awesome, man. But it's not because you're a YouTuber. It's because you're a marketer. Right. Well, it's it's what people fail to understand when they first get in. It takes a while. It takes a few years to figure this out. Those watching this show actually have a huge advantage because they get to learn this topic before they get, you know, punched in the Not mouth. Not make the same mistakes we've made. Yeah. But we're all in the sales and marketing business. All of us yes. are in a sales and marketing business. We just happen to be in real estate. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Heck, you could use the same formula for dog food. Mm-hmm. You really could. It's the yeah. same formula for gold, for even for me telling people to run up and down the streets in their underwear on the radio. It's the same formula. You're, it's, it's a call to action. It's mm-hmm. convincing people to do something that you want them to do. Yeah. How many people can we get to raise their hand? And all those people that raise their hand, how many of them can we close? Yeah. And isn't it amazing that the same percentages happen over and over and over again? Mm-hmm. Like, how can they do a poll of a, of a thousand people across the country on any on any issue? And they say, hey, it's 47 percent for 53 percent against. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the election and the election is 46 percent and 52. You're like, how does this like wind up to where it's just within one percentage point out of millions of people when you only asked a thousand? Mm-hmm. Now, if you take that theory and you apply it to the rest of your life going, hey, if I like with the TV commercials, mm-hmm. okay, so hey, if I buy 10 commercials and I get three leads out of it, if I buy the same 10 commercials next week, I'm going to get three leads out of it. Right. And, and I don't know why it happens, but it happens. It's the numbers. So then you scale it. Yeah. You know, same thing with any other lead source, same thing with how we answer, you know, your sales calls. When we do this, it tends to work. Mm-hmm. 50, 60, 70% of the time. Right. And you master that and make it a little bit better, and then you become a game of inches. Yeah. And that's, that's where it's exciting. Yeah, well, that's where it separates the, the, the how do I say this politically correct now? Men from the boys, I'll say Champions it. from... Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, in case you guys didn't uh, get that, Oklahoma City, we're coming, right? So OKC, ready OKC, to do it. OKC, we're going to be, we got max cash offers coming to OKC. So, we're talking about radio. Um, you were a crazy kid and it's funny, right? We're in the same market. Yep. We never really talk. You're a collective genius. You're crushing it in there. I sign up, meet you right in freaking Tampa yeah. here. Right. And I find out when they introduce you on stage, uh, no, you were talking about while you were on stage. Yeah. I was crazy kid. Was it? Was it is that when the light bulb went off? I was like, what the heck? crazy kid is on stage right now That's fine. so for those of you guys that live in phoenix you know you got was it ruben s yeah what crazy was the show kid, crazy, kid and ruben in the morning kid and ruben in the morning that's what i would listen to on the way i think to high school yeah right Thanks. so it's crazy appreciate that man <laughs> at least you pleasure. didn't say elementary school or, or that's what my parents used to listen to yeah, my parents used to listen to kid and ruben s so that's awesome uh any crazy stories i mean from those days Oh man, we had so much fun. There was, and I, there's so many different things that we were able to do. We were able to get away with a lot back then. Mm-hmm. Um, Those jokes would not be. No, you would no, get canceled no. today. Oh man, I, and, and I, I couldn't imagine. There's no way I'd want to be on the air um, in any capacity today. Because, yeah. and it's really kind of sad because things that aren't even meant to be hurtful to anybody mm. like you how, how could you be a comedian nowadays someone's gonna get triggered like it's like think of comedians like that that would make the jokes and they'd make race jokes about everybody like they can't do that anymore imagine well, dave Chappelle. like a dave he's Chappelle, the only one that's figured it out because he doesn't care probably yeah. he's the only one and, and honestly the pendulum's gonna swing the other way it really has gone too far listen there's you can be respectful to people but then you have these people that are so oversensitive and they're looking for, I mean, they're eating their own. 
<laughs> is what they're winding up doing too because they're going after people who are on their side right. and 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 attacking them for something imagine these poor kids and, and and i made a joke about it earlier about you know my misgivings were in the past and mm-hmm. the internet didn't save them imagine being a kid growing up nowadays yeah um we all did stupid things I when did. we were kids i was i was i was a perfect child I don't believe that. And I think I could probably find... There's probably two degrees of separation of Steve Trang here in Phoenix. And I'm sure somebody could give me some some info. There's but no dirt. There's no dirt. I'm, I, I did lots of stuff that I would be ashamed to admit that I did when mm. I was a teenager. Or yeah. um, Imagine these kids. They're just as dumb as we were. But now there's cell phones that keep it. I heard of a girl that was you know, kicked out of college because of something that she said on, on a video in high school. Yeah. Um, the, the yeah, it's just that's sad. That's I sad. feel bad for him. I'm glad I'm now. halfway to dead, <laughs> so I don't have to worry about that. Uh, so let me ask you another question. This goes back to what we were talking about earlier, as far as TV, right? So uh, we, I mentioned Russell Shaw, right? So I talked to him, looked up to him, he, he mentored me. I said, "All right, Russell, it's you, and it's Curtis Johnson, right? You're the two guys, mm-hmm. and um, I want to get into radio. I want to start advertising on radio. What do you think?" He's like, "Honestly." It's really tough right now. Yeah. So I said, all right, I'm not going to do radio. Carol Royce comes in, and she basically takes number two, right? So I don't know if there's any lessons there, but I just kind of want to share my experience. So like, She basically what? She basically took over Curtis's spot. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, she came in, and I think she basically um, just – I don't know what she did, but she basically took all the spots. Okay. Uh, so I think that, you know, it's tough. It's challenging. It's intimidating, right, to compete. Obviously, I've given up competing against you guys locally. But other markets, right, like if you guys want to get in TV, like don't do it. Yeah. Right? Like, like even if Darren is helping the number one guy, like don't not do it. That's because I guess is the message I'm trying to share here. You just need to be able to – it's kind of like gambling. Mm-hmm. Don't go into a casino with money that you're not prepared to lose. Right. And that's that's actually my experience today, right? I'm on BitClout. We were talking about it earlier, yeah. right? You're talking about Dogecoin. Yeah. I'm on BitClout. And I was like, yeah, I'm investing. And uh, I might lose money, but it's money I'm comfortable losing. Yeah. Right? It could it could totally be a scam. What are you going to do? That's what I tell every new client that signs on um, is, number one, you can't pay by credit card. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it's not, I don't want to sink you. That's yeah. my whole thing. And I can't, even though everybody's it's worked for um that we we do our formula with um i don't want you to be the one that it doesn't work for and all of a sudden you're filing for bankruptcy and it you know that's just not a good thing um and and have three months worth of those tv commercials ready to go and ready to lose the amount of money that it would cost so have three months budget ready to go and ready to lose Mm -hmm. i'm not going to be in you know we're not an ad agency that if you cancel after three months i'm going to come after you for the next nine months of of stuff because i want you to win and i Mm -hmm. think that's how we've built our reputation but if you can't afford to lose that three months budget then don't do it be it's just too risky and you've got to build the pipeline and, and so if you if you're into it for ten grand the first month and you haven't signed a deal yet, but you you know we all know it takes sometimes four six heck sometimes six a year to get somebody to sign a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you've got to go in for three months and and if you can do that you're going to be okay. Yeah. But if it's going to sink you, go close a couple deals first, save some money, and then let's do it. Don't let this be the magic pill. Do not. No. Yeah. No. Got it. Um, and then. I think if it weren't for Ryan Pineda, you would have won the belt last time, right? 
Oh, he he dominates though, man. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to talk about the essence of what you talked about at our last CG, the one that got you the sure. silver medal? Um, and we kind of went over some of it. One, you know, one part of my presentation, really, the presentation was getting being as efficient as possible with leads in in, in your lead flow in every sense of of, of thinking. Um, number one, like with your telephone calls, um, you want it to be a one way street. You want to, them to dial the phone number. You want to pick it up. Um, every little roadblock you put in front of it, it will stop people from going through. If it says press one for this, press two for that, press three for this. Okay. There you're going to lose people. And then if it says, please hold while I find somebody and it's, you know, not a ring, you're going to lose more people. And if it, it goes to voicemail, you're going to lose even more people. But you will get 100% of the people if they call and you answer. Mm -hmm. So it's the same concept with your website. All these people go out and they're like, oh, we got to have meet the team and frequently ask questions. Honestly, people don't care. They saw your commercial. They saw your ad, whatever it was, and they want to put in their address and they want to get an offer. They want it to be one, two, three. They don't want to go there and get your ebook and, and go do this. And I'm and, and I apologize if you got an ebook, but you know what I'm saying. Like somebody who's coming at you. Do you have an ebook? I don't have an ebook. Okay, but good. I love it. So somebody, but somebody who wants you to give them an offer, they want to type in their address. They really want to hit submit and they want the offer to happen immediately. Yeah. But we know that that can't happen for right. the most part. So, but then you need to call them back immediately because they're sitting there, they're expecting an offer. Um, you call them back in an hour, you call them back in two hours, you call them back the next day, you've lost it. Mm -hmm. it like your odds of getting in touch with somebody after an hour versus five minutes are probably one twentieth of the chances if you call them back within the first five minutes. So then it goes down to, you know, the VA third party call center question about the lead managers. To me, what works best is somebody, the, the perfect scenario is somebody picks up the phone, they call, they get somebody who works for your company, the person's educated and knows, hey, this is a good house, let's get an appointment. That person sets the appointment on the first phone call and the uh, acquisition person shows up as soon as possible. And they set the appointment for as soon as possible. We, we lost a deal yesterday because we had an appointment scheduled for today and a listing agent went by the house last night and got the listing. Mm -hmm. it, had we set that appointment sooner, we would have got that deal. Um, and so that's really what that presentation was all about. And, and really, it went back to the lead managers um, because lead managers are your MVPs of your team. Mm -hmm. They are the first line of defense. They, they, they are the quarterback. They touch every single snap. Every single person who calls in, every deal that you make does not happen unless the lead manager talked to them. Yeah. And so why we put those people on the bottom rung is beyond me. Um, we don't. And, and we pay our lead managers very well. We pay them a very good commission. Um, they make it would drop people's jaws if they knew what they make. But if you saw how many deals these guys, I mean, we brought in over 400 deals between three lead managers. Yeah. So you don't have to have 20 people doing it. You just have to have motivated people who are well paid and, and well motivated doing it. That's, that's worked for us. So Jason Lewis and I, um, who I'm still waiting, Jason, for you to come on the show. Uh, so we were talking about creating a program to help listen to lead manager calls so that we can have an effective training program. Yeah. Right. Cause the challenge is 
how do we get a lead manager to know this is a deal, this is not a deal? Obviously, you guys have figured that out. Yeah. What is something that you would want to tell someone that's training a lead manager to kind of sniff out whether this is a deal or not? What are the things that you're hearing that you know it's a deal? Yeah, and it's... It's an art a little bit. And it's kind of secret code that the that the customer says. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got granite. I just put in granite countertops. It's the best house on the block. I'm right up against the golf uh, golf course, and my neighbor just sold theirs for twenty thousand over what Zillow did. Send a send a real estate agent out mm-hmm. there because you're not wholesaling that house. Right. Um, then again, on the other side, if somebody says. Hey, my parents have lived in this house since I was a kid. Um, man, it's a beautiful house, but you know we haven't changed carpets or anything since I was in high school, and uh, you know it's got four mica countertops, mm-hmm. and you know it's going to need some TLC. It's going to need some love, and and there's a lot of people who are very honest about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to need some fix up. That's that's a wholesale. Got it. Any day, and then but there's also some that'll trick you. You know, because mm-hmm. there's some that will play the tough tough. A negotiator on the phone and once you get out there it's really about their want you know what is their want mm-hmm. the, you know maybe they've got a house that they'd really like to put an offer on this weekend but they don't even have this house listed yet to sell and they know they're never in this market going to get a, a an offer accepted on a consin- contingency of a sale yeah um boy we could go out there on saturday we can have that thing under contract and you can go make that offer on that house and you pick your closing date we're good we can solve that problem mm-hmm. for them and in this market right now we could take that house even if it's in really good condition and we could probably put 5 10 grand into it you know paint it and clean it up a little bit and slap a sign on the front of it and we both win right uh so let's see we got some questions here um uh, let's see what we got here. Um, Brian's. You're skipping through a whole bunch because they're like, who's that crazy dude? No, we got. Why'd you, know, you have this guy on? No, we got Gino Paloma saying, that's one good looking man. We What's got. What's up, Gino? You see, he's in Atlanta. Let me, you know about Gino. Yeah. The kid is a prodigy. Oh, yeah. These guys are going to college and they're freaking dominating Atlanta and they're running TV commercials in Atlanta mm-hmm. and they're. You know, lower 20s, and, and they're more organized than a bunch of 40-year-olds that I've ever seen. We, I, I, he's like one of my, he's my star student right now, and we're going through, and we have our, our calls like, man, this guy's got it dialed in. He can teach us stuff. And he's and 21, 22. Yeah. Life's not fair, Darren. Life's not fair. Um, Billy Ross says, right? Billy! Uh, my guy right there, Max says, Darren, the, ma- the man, the myth, the legend. So that's why I'm skipping through. I'm trying to get to the questions. Gotcha. Well, I like those ones better. <laughs> um, yeah, so Brian Manley's like, I spent four hours working with one of the lead managers on just this today. Listening for cues. You have to pour into them. They are your quarterbacks. So Yeah, and you lose, you lose the client if you ask the obvious question. How much would you like for your house? Like, that's not what you, you know, I, I mean, I know sometimes we're able to do it and get away with it, mm-hmm. but like, could you imagine going out and buying a car and the car salesman says, how much would you like to pay for a car? It doesn't work that way. And it, mm-hmm. what happens immediately is your wall goes up and you're like, this guy's trying to screw me, mm-hmm. you know? So, so when we ask, how much would you like to get for your house? Like, to me, that's, that's a, that's a turnoff. 
Mm -hmm. um, what we also teach our people to do is they look up the tax records while they're on the phone with the person mm -hmm. so that we can find out what their equity is. That's another horrible question to ask somebody. How much do you owe on the house? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, so you can figure out what my low number is. <laughs> like, And people do that, and mm -hmm. it's horrible when they do that. Why not just look up the tax records and you can go, oh, okay, they took out a loan for X number of dollars five years ago, and so we knock off you know 20 grand off of it. Here's what their equity most likely is. And right. then you know, and that's actually smart to do also because then you know also if somebody's upside down or doesn't have equity, right. that also helps you put it into a bucket. Yeah, definitely gives you something to work with. Yeah. So then we talked about cost per lead. Is that the number one KPI that you track? No, the, the profit is the number one KPI. Number one, profit is the number one KPI. Yeah. And then cost per lead? ROI. ROI. Got it. I don't think cost per lead really matters, to be honest with you, because cost per lead is going to affect everything else mm -hmm. down the road. But as I said earlier, um, I'll pay double the cost per lead. Mm -hmm. what, if, what if your cost per lead is is $1,000, but you're making double the profit on, right. on that particular channel? So who cares if it's double or triple or quadruple if you're making So then what are, what are the main KPIs that Darren's tracking on a regular basis? Um, so from a real estate standpoint, our real estate dashboard, I have the number of contracts uh, that each lead manager has is responsible for having signed. Um, we have a competition, too. So somebody is, is the champion each month, and we talk smack if somebody's in a rut. And people do go through ruts. And mm -hmm. some people take off, and then sometimes you know they'll, they'll just get in a, in a slump. Um, the other thing that we track is the wholesale deals, the total amount of wholesale that we've uh, put under contract this month. Um, we track that for last month. And the other thing is how many leads each lead manager took what their appointment rate is, how many, and, and we're in the 40s and 30s percent appointment rates. Wow. Um, and, and, and I'll tell you what, the number, and this is what's really cool, and this happens nationwide because now I see everybody's numbers. Mm -hmm. um, your, your contract rate is one-fourth of your appointment rate. Mm -hmm. So if you do 20% appointments, you will get 5% contracts. Yeah. If you do 40% appointments, you will get 10% contracts. And, and literally, you can double the amount of money that you're making by doubling your appointment rate. Mm -hmm. That's all you have to do. You don't have to spend another penny. There's so many people that will have a 10% appointment rate and a 2.5% contract rate. And they'll say, well, do we need to spend more money? I go, no, you need to go on more appointments. Mm -hmm. Double your appointments, you will double your, your contracts. Or improve your lead manager. Uh, Eric Brewer said this, is that I've never bought a house I didn't make an offer on. <laughs> he Perfect knows, sense. He knows a thing or two. All right. So then what is your guys' average fee for all, all those deals that you're doing? I can't tell you that. You're going to go buy TV in Phoenix and try to beat us. No, I already resigned that. That's why I'm going to Oklahoma City. I have to leave here. <laughs> We average anywhere from ten to forty thousand um, dollars per deal, so it's it's probably fifteen right now, maybe twenty. Got it. And then what is so we already talked about marketing. What is your total overhead? Our total overhead per month. Mm -hmm. um, I'd have to look. It's it's under one hundred and fifty thousand. Probably under no under two hundred thousand now. Well, I mean, you got a quarter mil in L.A. No, I'm just talking about Phoenix. Okay, just in Phoenix. Yeah. 200000 Got it. Um, and one of the things that convinced me, sold me on TV, was you jumped onto a call 
in my coaching group, right? So we got our mastermind. It's like, hey, Darren, can you jump on? Just share, you know, a little bit on TV. And you went through this entire Salesforce dashboard, and yeah. it was just nuts. So you want to talk about what you do with Salesforce, how much you've invested, and all that other great stuff? Sure. Um, when I started working with Doug back in 2016, they had Salesforce, but it, it was kind of funny. Um, the lead would come in, and then they just had the name, address, telephone number, and it would forward an email to Doug. And then Doug would forward that email to whoever he wanted to go look at it. And that was really all they were using. That was so, a great like, use it of was just a, It was just an email forwarding tool. <laughs> And so when I came in, um, they, you know, they had this company that's like a third party company that you can pay to do your sales for. It was 180 bucks an hour. And I would call a guy and say, Hey, I'd like you to build this field. And it was a simple field, like maybe the wholesale fee field. Mm -hmm. And it take three days to get done and cost 180 you know, bucks. And so at that point I was like, I'm going to figure this out. So I just started looking on YouTube and I just self-taught myself Salesforce. Um, and over the course of 2016, 2017, and 2018, um, I just completely learned how to build out our Salesforce. And I built it from the, the raw bones to all the dashboards that you see today. And mm -hmm. there, was, there was a whole lot of hours in it, a whole lot of weekends, a whole lot of frustration because you know, sometimes something very simple, like get this field to, um, like, uh, like I'd take the date time field that the lead was created and I try to break out the time and it would be three hours off. And I'm like, why is it, why does it say eight and it says five here? Well, I didn't realize that the time was GMT time mm -hmm. and you had to adjust that time field, you know, by eight hours or three hours or whatever. It took me a weekend to figure that out, scratching, you know, and, and going crazy because I didn't have anybody to call. Yeah. Um, but now that we've built it out, the cool thing is, and, and Billy, had asked, uh, it actually asked me this question. How can you be the COO for a company that does 400 deals, you know, per year here in Phoenix? And how can you be the CEO of a company that's going to do $20 million in revenue for TV and has 50 plus clients. Um, the cool thing is, is when you build out Salesforce correctly and, and shout out to Stephanie Betters, who's going to be here next week from left main and, and Salesforce. Um, when you build it out correctly, everything's automated. Mm -hmm. And so all of the upkeep on the lead managers, like I have a rule. If you have an, an, an active lead, it must have a task. Well, I can create a report that says, show me all the active leads that don't have tasks. And then I can automate that report to send every morning at 8 a.m. to all of my lead managers. Um, any rule that I've created, yeah. I can then create a report to make sure that it's being enforced. And it automatically goes out. So they know that I'm watching it. It, it helps me watch it and I don't have to take any steps. It's just you in my email box. You have to log in the computer. It's just there. And it's done. And so, so much of the extra work, I, I feel so bad for so many. And there's so many great operators out there that... Let me put you this way. If I ask you how many appointments did you do last last month and how many contracts did you get and how much uh, in wholesale fees did you sign? If you can't find that answer out in 10 seconds, you're doing so much extra work mm -hmm. because now you got to export it out of Podio. Then you got to redo all this other stuff and then you've got to put it onto Plecto or whatever. And then... It's not that hard. All I got to do is push a button and mm -hmm. it just go bloop. And then yeah. you could say, okay, now how much of that was from TV? Bloop. Okay. What about last year? You know, and it just does it. Yeah. Um, 
so many people were working so many extra hours and the opportunity cost on that is phenomenal because you should be buying houses. You shouldn't be exporting Excel sheets and trying to do your KPIs. They should happen naturally. So did the guy that get laid off from radio envision himself oh, <laughs> doing Salesforce no. for a major operation? No, but you know what? Everybody says, what's your why? Mm-hmm. Um, my why is to leave a legacy for my, for my family. That's 100% my why. Um, I want my family to have more of a head start than I had. And I, and I wasn't, you know, held back or anything like that, but I just, I had to do everything on my own. I didn't really have a mentor, um, from parents that, you know, they were just, they were, they just worked jobs. They were working. Mm -hmm. Um, I want my kids to, to have a a bit of a head start and I want them to be motivated and I want them to, I want to be a, a role model for success for them. And I really want them to, to look back and my wife as well to, to look back and say, Hey, you know what? That guy, he did everything he possibly could to, to provide for us, but also to make sure that even after he's gone, um, life is better because of him. Yeah, that's powerful. So when you're that, like we said about being a marketer, once you figure out that why, man, it doesn't matter if I got to dig ditches or if I got to do this or or, or whatever. Um, when your why is that clear, then it makes everything fun because yeah. you're getting one step closer to your why. Makes total sense. What is your biggest struggle right now? Hmm. man, I'm, I'm in a good spot. It's really strange. And I don't mean to imply that everything is always perfect because, but there's, man, I'm in a, I'm in a part of my life where I think I've kind of figured out a couple of things that I don't worry about what I can't control anymore. Um, I used to sit and worry about things. Am I going to get in trouble? You know, when I was on the radio, am I going to get in trouble for what I said? Or, or is this going to happen? Or am I going to get fired? Or is, you know, all those things. I don't have any of those fears anymore. And, and I learned a long time ago that, that worrying is experiencing the worst possible scenario over and over again. Mm-hmm. And 99% of the time, the worst possible scenario never happens. Right. And so at this point, I don't worry about anything. Um, cause I can't change it. I'll de- and I'm really good at, I can deal with it. My son was in an accident a couple of weeks ago and, and he's okay and everything, but man, he's 16, 17 years old. I could have been a, the parent that worried every day and I could have experienced that accident for the last nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, instead I experienced it the night that it happened and thank goodness he was uh, smart enough. We put a, a, he put a dash cam in there. It wasn't his fault. He was responsible and he didn't get hurt very bad. Um, and so, you know, like, why worry about that? I dealt with it when it happened, and man, it made life a lot easier. Yeah. So, what's my biggest struggle is probably, actually, it's probably putting the computer down. It's probably, you know, I talk about my why, and I think you made a post about this the other day, didn't you? About being with your kids more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably my biggest struggle is because I'm so passionate about work and I see and this business is growing insanely and things are going awesome and, and work is awesome and family life's awesome. Um, you know, I got a 10 year old right now that comes out and goes, Hey dad, check this out. And I do stop and look at it, but then I go right back to work. And I, yeah. that's probably my biggest struggle is I need to close the computer and, and spend more time with my kids. It's tough. It's tough. And it's something that 
consciously. You had to make a conscious decision to do yeah. that. Yeah. And but boy, yeah, I got a twenty year old, and I have a seventeen year old, and so they're kind of you know my twenty year olds moved out, my seventeen year olds like a, another year. Um, you you begin to wish back and go, man, I wish that they. I remember when they were seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. ten years old, and it was daddy, 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 and and that was like what, what, you know. Mm-hmm. And now you kind of look back on it, going, man, I kind of wish I could have that daddy, daddy, daddy again, because it it goes away eventually. It does go away. Um, I, I'm starting to experience that where not they don't want us to do as many things, right? Just let me go on my iPad and chat with my friends and whatever. Yeah. Um, guys, this is a live show. So you have questions for Darren, please ask your questions in here. Um, so you got a powerful why. Do you ever get demotivated? Do you ever, I mean, do you ever run things like you just like a punch in the stomach? You're like, how do you like where you need to get back up? I think I've had those in life. Um, so what do you do when you get knocked down? How do you stay motivated? Well, you know, it's a good question. I, th- I think I have to look at it from a, a longer time period point of view. Um, you know, leaving radio, man, that's all I wanted to do when I was a kid. Heck, since I was 12 years old, I was playing and making tapes. And, you know, I was a high school DJ on, you know, DJing the dances and all that stuff. Um, you know, when you get to a point where you're like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I'm 34, 35. I'm on top 40 station, kind of getting old for this. It's not really my passion. I don't want to get up at two o'clock in the morning. That's that's kind of a whoa moment there. And but you know what? When you when you're when your back's up against the wall is when you shine. Mm-hmm. That's what's so cool about it. So you almost kind of get knocked out, and you're like, oh boy, here we come. We're coming back tenfold here on this one. And then it's a it's an opportunity to make a new start with the gold store. When the gold store. Uh, and gold went down and, and I sold, you know, the assets to that, man, there was probably a year or two where I just went fishing every day and it sounds fun, but it honestly kind of became a drag to where I was, I just wasn't motivated. I didn't I would have hate anything life else I was fishing every day. Yeah. And, and I'll give Doug credit for me. I know that was a smart ass comment, but. No, I'm serious. I would hate life if I was fishing. Oh, every you would day. hate life fishing oh, every day? Would be awful. Really? Oh my god! Yeah, that just sitting there. awesome. Man. No, that would be awful. Just looking at, just looking. Man, I I'm love not an being outdoors person. Oh, I love being. There's outdoors. no Wi-Fi. Why are we here? No, dude. <laughs> so, but hey, I'll give Doug credit because I I was out of you know I, mean, I was making a ton of money and then I sold the stuff and wasn't making any money anymore, and uh, you know by him bringing me on in 2016, it got me working again, mm-hmm. and it got me into the groove, and then all of a sudden you see. Okay, here comes the growth, and you know, and, and you know, there's good motivation and monetary motivation, and then your why becomes clear again. Mm-hmm. And so, um, man, you got one life to live. I don't know what happens when you close your eyes the last time, and this is your Super Bowl, and so you better make it count. You better yeah. make it count. I never wanted to be a statistic. I, I always wanted to be somebody who was remembered afterwards, and. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be on a huge scale or a nationwide or worldwide scale. I just want to be remembered by enough people in a, in a positive light and those people who mean something to me. So yeah. that's your motivator. So right now, no, man, I really don't get knocked down too much. Um, you know, there's rough days or something will happen and or Doug will come in and go, hey, I got this brilliant idea. It should only take you five minutes when it's really a five month plan of mm-hmm. of. 20 hours a week of extra work. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you go home and you're like, oh, but at the same time, man, <laughs> you're so blessed. Like, look at what we're doing. Look where we're sitting. I mean, 
it's life is too good. Uh, life is amazing. What is your superpower? My superpower. I got lots of kryptonites. <laughs> That'd probably be a much easier question to answer, but probably wouldn't be probably wouldn't be good for the show. My superpower is unlimited motivation right now. And it really has been for my entire life. It's uh, I, I, I don't get tired. I, I just I'm I'm so pumped and 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 really my superpower is is loving what I'm doing at the time. Um, I feel so bad for people that get up and and I kind of felt like this at the end of radio when it was two o'clock in the morning because I did a morning show the alarm would go off to wake you up and your first words were oh crap you know I, I feel sorry for people that, yeah. that do that every single morning I get up now I'm like. Oh, cool. Today's lead day. Everybody's got their leads coming in. Mm-hmm. Let's see how, how all of the different buys that we did um, work out. Oh, cool. I've got this meeting with, you know, uh, Mark and Chris. Uh, we had this meeting with Mark and Chris yesterday uh, in Kansas City at SBD. Mm-hmm. Um, we're putting together, it's, it's an incredible brand called 1-800-SELL-NOW. Um, we actually purchased the assets. We purchased the trademarks for it. And we're creating, because, you know, with a lot of our clients... We've had to create new websites and, and brands for them so that it's really easy to remember on TV. And it's a lot of work mm-hmm. building 46 different brands. And, and then I started thinking about, well, what about you know, the people that are, that are your students? And, and what about people in CG Select? Or, or what about people from CG that would like to just test TV and see how it works, but they are running all their direct mail and everything through their other brand? Mm-hmm. Um, so we purchased 1-800-SELL-NOW and the website, the telephone number, the trademarks, everything. And we're building this as a nationwide licensing uh, model to where you can sign up and own a market. Mm-hmm. And Mark and Chris in, in Kansas City, they, they've signed up. They're our first clients. They've signed up for 10 markets across the Midwest. And then you run your own. You can send your own mailers out. We, you know, we'll give you the logos, the assets, all the leads that come through from your area to the website go directly to you. Um, somebody calls a telephone number, 1-800-SELL-NOW, and it's going to say, please enter the zip code or the property that you'd like to sell. Mm-hmm. As soon as they hit, you know, 85249, um, boom, your phone rings if you've got Chandler. Right. Or your phone rings if you've got Rhode Island or, or whatever it is. So, um so that's exciting. So, so man, I don't get knocked down. Actually, every morning I'm kind of pumped because people like that who believe in us enough to where I can come to them. And I came to them with the ideas I was negotiating for the brand saying, hey, here's my vision. Here's what I'm thinking about doing with this. Would you guys be interested? I know you're looking to expand into other markets and you don't want to have, you know, because they're best offer KC. Well, mm-hmm. you can't do best offer KC in some other cities, nope. but you can do 1-800-SELL-NOW in all of those cities. So to build that out now, we've, you know, we've now we're on our third business of, of building it out and they all complement each other. They're all tools of each other. So, man, I, I'll be honest with you. There's not too many days I get bummed out. Yeah. Um, Mark Delatour and, and, and Chris Johns. Brilliant dudes. Incredible. Amazing. Uh, so Brian Manley loves your candor. Uh, Thanks, his, Brian. His question, with multiple lead sources, how are you keeping hands off? How are you keeping the handoffs from lead manager to uh, acquisition manager clean? With multiple lead sources? Well, every, every lead source goes through the lead manager. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one thing that – here's something that actually that I, I would like to convey to people is – 
sometimes more isn't more. Um, sometimes people have too many lead sources and they find themselves stretched too thin. Um, I will tell you here in Phoenix for the operation that we did, and, and we bought 400 plus houses last, last year, we do television, we do radio, we do very limited PPC, and the only PPC that we buy is branded terms because if somebody sees or hears our radio commercial and they go to the Google search bar instead of the you know URL bar mm -hmm. and they type in Doug Hopkins, we want to make sure Doug Hopkins is up on top. Um, TV, radio, PPC, that's it. That's really, you know, because then you have the word of mouth and, and agent relationships. We're not doing cold calling. We're not doing texting. We're not doing direct mail. We're not doing any of that. Um, a lot of times it's better to be a master of one than a jack of all trades. Yeah. And to me, you know, that we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have seven people that work for DougHopkins.com. Seven. Yeah. So two acquisitions people, three lead managers, um, myself and real estate agent and two accountants. So nine. So let's just say generically, what are you doing to hand off from lead manager to acquisition manager? What's that conversation like? Good question. And, and Brian, Brian. Yeah. So like I was saying, we try to do that one road. Uh, and, and so we try to set the appointment on the first call, the lead manager to set the appointment. And if the lead manager can do that, well, the lead manager is always the person setting the appointment. Mm -hmm. um, the handoff, then um, we make sure that the telephone calls are being recorded into Salesforce for us. So then when we move it to appointment set and we have an appointment set date and time, an auto email goes out and it's also marked onto the acquisitions person's calendar. And the lead manager has access so that they can see what the open times are on the acquisition person's calendar. Email goes out to the client and to the acquisitions person. And I always copy myself on all those so that I can always track and see if something's broken, if something is getting mixed up, a field, you know, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. Um, so there really isn't much of a handoff because it's all automatic. They're, they're always notified. They're already notified. Now, there is communication sometimes because we have Doug Hopkins is, is our East Valley acquisitions person. And you know Josh Barton. Mm -hmm. um, he does our West Valley. So we have two guys that have been 20-plus years in, in buying houses here in Phoenix. Um, if the lead manager has a question, they can call. Um, and say, hey, Doug, what do you think about this one? You know, this is this house. Here's a scenario, whatever. Um, that's only if there's a question on it. And, and then immediately, boom, you're right back onto it. But the fewer phone calls that you can make, you know, you really want to try to wrap everything up on the first or second phone call at the latest. Yeah. So the handoff really is in a perfect world. Doug gets an appointment. He knows he's got an appointment. He's got a task on Salesforce. He clicks on it, listens to the telephone call. There's not a whole lot more he has to do. Um, and there's nothing really that the lead manager has to do because their job is to answer the calls and try to get more appointments out of it. Um, and then are all your leads weighted equally when you're assigning them? Oh, it's a jump ball. No, okay. that's that. Yeah. If that's what you're asking, mm -hmm. is that what you're saying? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I believe 100. Look, our, our lead managers get paid uh, commission and they don't get a base. Um, we'll give them a base for like the first couple of months, but it's a draw. You got to pay it back. Um, but we pay them a very hefty commission as well. Um, 
And then every lead is a is a jump ball. It rings on everybody's call a phone at the same time. And the minute that a lead is submitted via web, everybody gets a task assigned to them. Everybody gets an email and everybody gets a text. Um, all three of them. Whoever answers it first, that's their lead. And it has been awesome. Like we we've changed from, and we had a great lead manager before. Um, who's now moved on to some awesome things and doing flips and all that. Um, but we've, we've moved on from a base uh, pay scale with, with one person to three people just fighting like pit bulls to get it. And in our appointment uh, percentage has just, you know, like quadrupled. Our contract percentage is, I mean, we're at 15% right now for 2021 of contracts. So out of every 100 leads we get, we get 15 deals. And so we're just, it, it just, when they're fighting for it, and it and it happened, we had two lead managers, Lynn and Joel. And uh, they're nice, they're cool people. Um, but they, they were trying to take care of each other. They were like, oh, it's Lynn's day. You know, I, I know that lead just came in five minutes ago, but Lynn's on a call, she'll, she'll grab that one in a couple of minutes. And as soon as I saw that happening, I hired Mike who neither one of them knew. And I said, Mike, here's your, here's your job, man. Every lead that comes in, grab it first before everybody else. And Lynn and Joel were like, whoa, what's going on, man? You're taking and you're cutting our money by a third. And I'm like, no, actually, I'm going to increase your money because I'm going to increase the amount of leads because now we have the better capacity. Mm -hmm. But you're going to make more money because you're going to be on these leads a lot quicker. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. They, have, they all made more, I believe, last year than the year before when there was only two of them. I love it. Uh, Luis Garcia wants to know, why are all the big boys in Arizona? Well, I mean, I think probably the obvious answer is, is that almost every house here, at least 80% of them are less than 30 years old. They're all tile stucco. They, I mean, really, you can walk into any house here in Arizona that's less than 30 years old, and you can pretty much within $5,000 uh, value what it's going to cost to rehab it and what the ARV is going to be mm -hmm. in a normal world where, you know, these prices aren't crazy. I, I think that that's what made it easier for, you know, the big, big uh, corporations to come into here is because they needed a scale and they needed a solid base of houses that were all the same. Mm -hmm. And so I and, and not only that, but it's a, it's a emerging market, a hugely emerging market. We're right outside L.A., um, our population is exploding. We've got a lot of land um, mm -hmm. in all four directions so that, you know, you can continue building. I mean, you went to high school here, so, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's doubled in size. Yeah, I grew up here, you know? like, as so a then, kid. So then yeah. you remember there wasn't even freeways in downtown Phoenix. You there know, was the no Chandler when I was growing up. No, Chandler was a farm. That yeah. was about all it was. Gilbert was a farm. Mm -hmm. It's 250,000 people or 200,000 people now, you yeah. know. So, so I think that's why they're all here is there's a great opportunity to make money and all the houses are the same. So I'll also add to that, uh, Luis, is that um, we're since because we're newer, everything is a grid. Yes. Right? It's not like California or, or, or other older markets where you get lost for no damn reason. Oh, it's it's it was I give props to the people who laid out. Yeah, it's a grid. Every exit is on the right. I get frustrated in California when the exit is on the left. Like, why is the exit on the left? Yeah. Or the road um, curves, and you're, you're like, why couldn't you just make a straight line? Yeah, we got that. It's uh, we have the best uh, data. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but like Maricopa County is the model that every other county looks at when they're trying to figure out like how to make data more efficient. Really? So we are the leaders in data. So, so you just, guys can pull lists really easily. It's really easy to pull lists in Phoenix compared to every other city. So yeah. gigantic market, and we can go from here 
in Tempe to Goodyear in 30 minutes, 25 minutes, no traffic. Yeah. Right? With traffic, maybe 50 minutes. Yeah. In other parts of the country, if there's traffic, forget about it. Could you imagine, like, in L.A. trying to drive around there, man? (laughs) It it was two hours just to get someplace and stop and go. Yeah, you got to get on, was was it Sepulveda? Right? You got to get on that one uh, street, and you just have to drive and just deal with traffic, and you're not moving anywhere. Yeah. Um, What is the greatest lesson that you learned? The greatest lesson that I've learned... That, well, gosh, I don't know if it's the greatest lesson. Well, sell for above average. Yeah, I've I've learned a lot of like, m- pretty cool lessons that mm-hmm. you put all into one, and it winds up being a good lesson on life. Um, you know, one of my favorite things is definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, and expecting mm-hmm. a different result. Once you can really picture that. Um, and I think it was Robert Kiyosaki in Rich Dad, Poor Dad that made an example of uh, baking a cookie. And you put it in there and it's too salty. And, but then you go and make, you know, a second batch and you use the same ingredients. Well, it's going to be salty, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, learning that you can change that formula. And, and sometimes it's just one small ingredient that changes it from a horrible cookie to an awesome cookie. That's, that's a big thing. Um, and another lesson that I learned from him was uh, the rich dad, poor dad attitude, which is so many people say, oh, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Instead, say, how can we do that? Right. And the cool thing about reading that book or listening to that book, does it count if you listen to it as a read? Of course it does. Okay, good. Then I'm very well read. <laughs> I don't think I've picked up a book in years, but I used to go back and forth between Palm Springs and listen to all the, all the books. Um, Going through and, and just understanding that by saying that we can do this, how can we do this? Let's make this happen. And, and going through and, and understanding that, wow, I actually thought like that before I read this book and mm-hmm. I didn't even realize it. Right. Um, I feel actually that's been a huge blessing to me, being motivated at 12, 13 years old to, to say, I want to be somebody someday. I want to, it, it like... I, I see kids nowadays, and you, I, I'm sure there's plenty of them out there that do feel that way, but it doesn't seem very prevalent. And so to be born with that and just kind of have it in you to say, man, I, I want to take it to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a, a lesson standpoint, I, I guess my biggest lesson here, and actually this is probably a, a very good lesson for everybody, don't ever fight somebody in court based on principle. It's so easy to do that. And and. I, I did it when I was in California. I had the gold store and, and one of our competitors was falsely advertising against us. Mm-hmm. And I took him to federal court and I won. It cost me two and a half million dollars. And I won two and a half million dollars. And they filed for bankruptcy. And so wow. I lost two and a half million dollars. Not only did I lose two and a half million dollars, but I lost two and a half years of my life focusing on depositions and all this time wasted when honestly, I should have just gone crazy kid on his butt and walked over there and kicked his butt the first day. <laughs> and he probably would have changed his ad and it would have cost me 30 days in jail. But I would have saved two and a half million dollars. Yeah. But And I tease when I say that. But my point is, is I hear so many people and, and especially in, in a land of transactions, uh, real estate, you're going to get wronged. It's going to happen. Over and over again. 
fighting people, it, it's like poking, it's like having a voodoo doll of yourself and poking yourself thinking that you're hurting the other person. Oprah said this, hating somebody is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm. That's an incredible lesson. Yeah. That's probably the only thing I ever learned from Oprah. <laughs> but think about that. How yeah. many people spend their time hating somebody or thinking and wishing the worst for somebody that other person doesn't know that all you're doing is hurting yourself all you're doing is ruining your day that's all you're doing you're not hurting their day and why would you do that let it go yeah let it go so so don't ever get into fights over um the principle of things yeah. uh, sometimes it's easier to cut and run man it's no when to hold them no when to fold them yeah, I learned that lesson too, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> uh, with my own separate lawsuit. Yeah? Yeah. You want to talk about it? I see a tear in your eye. Oh, there's no tears. No. no we, I got, we, I got we have for, time. I got sued for uh, tortious interference, right? And technically, I did interfere with their contract. It was not tortious. I did interfere. So they sued me for $14,000. Uh, I won. And in winning, I had to pay them zero. My attorney's fees were $18,000. Yeah. So it would have been a lot easier to just give them what they wanted, yeah. even though I was right. Yeah. It would have been a lot easier to just give them what they wanted. You got off easy. I did $18,000. I did. I did. But I would rather not have the whole, yeah. all that. And it, it, it holds true. The only people who, are, who made the money in that were the courts and the, and the lawyers. Mm -hmm. They made all the money. Yep. And, and both the, of you guys lost. And it was stupid. Um, is it Ed Hockley? Right. Oh, the the referee. Yeah, it was his freaking law firm. I was like, man, that's cool. I'm in his. I'm in, I'm I'm in his office. And, the and, NFL referee, yeah. man. And he did not give me attorney's fees. Son of a. Anyway. Wait. So you used him? Uh, he was. Uh, it was his firm that was the arbitrator. Oh, really? Yeah. I stayed in his. Uh, he he had a, uh, a beachfront uh, condo, or you know, like on Mission Beach, mm -hmm. and it was cool. I just Airbnb'd it one time, and I walked in, and I'm like. I recognize it. Like, you saw a picture of him up on the wall. I'm like, oh, I'm running at Hockley's thing. Yeah. It was really cool. It was one of the, it was nice. It was fun. Yeah. I liked him, but they should have ruled in my favor. In yeah. His son is a ref now. Is he? In the NFL, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Brian Manley does love your advice, so he's hiring a third lead manager right now. Good job, Brian. Way to go, All right. dude. All right. So, um, I want you to think about what you want to leave the listeners with while I make a couple of quick announcements. Okay. Hey, guys, we're doing our sales training all day, uh, live event, Friday next week. So that's in nine days. If you're interested, send me a DM. Uh, I had so many of you guys ask me to, if we can do it virtually, and I kept saying, I don't know how. Well, my team figured it out, so we're doing it virtually as well. So if you guys are interested in doing our all-day sales training next week, Friday, shoot me a DM. I'll send you the information. Also, guys, please like, subscribe, share, and comment. It's what we need to tell the algorithms that our stuff is relevant. And the more you guys are able to share and support, the more other people we can get to receive the message so that we can all grow together. And next week, we got Stephanie Betters, and she's going to be talking about systems and Salesforce and all that other she's boring incredible. stuff that you need to run. No, this is, that should be exciting, man. I mean, that's like... It's CRM stuff. But, but it's, it's so important. Oh, man, it's... 
and it, yeah, it, to me, it's exciting, man. That's like, <laughs> oh, we're going to talk CRM porn. This is cool. <laughs> so Woo-hoo. tune in next week because she's doing 200 deals a year, right? Like, it's not like, she, she's, you know, that's the other cool thing. She's a COO as well for a company yeah. uh, in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, she, she knows her she's stuff. She's running two businesses, owns a third bit. Oh, so she's. And a nurse. Her, yeah. So she's got her own business doing 200 deals a year. She has Salesforce that she's now finally uh, 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 selling. Yeah. She's a COO for another company, and she's a nurse. Yeah, and a mom. And a mom. The most important job of them all. Crazy, crazy. And she handles it like a pro, man. She's awesome. It's really exciting to see her blow up like that. Yeah, she is. Uh, So, last thoughts. Last thoughts. It doesn't have to be complicated. Whether it's real estate or whatever, life or, or whatever. Like, life doesn't have to be crazy. We make it crazy. Business doesn't have to be crazy. We make it crazy. It's better to be a master of one trade than a jack of all. Nobody cares about the storms you encounter, but did mm. you bring the ship in? Like, just get it done. Just yeah. make it happen. I'm, I really am starting to sound like my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, the, but the point is this. Surround yourself with great people. You're, you're watching success. I mean, if you're watching this podcast right now, Steve, you've blown this thing up. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was nothing what it is today two years ago. Yeah. Um, you had a vision for a company. But you're you're keeping it simple too, man. Um, you're you're a master of this trade, and you're you're a master at your training in in what you do. Um, you're not trying to do it all. You you know your niche, and you're going to own that hill, and you can own that hill. I, I I do think that people who aren't as successful try to do too much, mm-hmm. and that's because they just focus on one or two things and just be great at that and then if you're great at that and you got a little bit extra time you know bring on the on the second thing don't worry about what you can't control and stay positive surround yourself with great people you know and and you'll see it and i'm looking at it right now with steve and and stephanie um you know we're a part of collective genius if if you can, they have CG uh, Select, Select. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have the regular Collective Genius. Um, I think that, that that's completely changed my life, man. And it's funny, when Doug signed up for it, I didn't know what Collective Genius was. I'm a COO of a company, I'm going, great. My owner wants to go pay a whole lot of money to go golf with a bunch of dudes who are going to lie to him about how much money they make. <laughs> that's completely what my impression was. Yeah. And then I went to one of the CG meetings and I saw it and I was like, wow, these people are sharing a lot more, a lot more information than I thought that they would. Mm-hmm. And it changed our business. The, the things that we've talked about today, I've picked up nuggets from different people at CG, which phone system to use, um, you know, our lead manager process, you know, different things like that. And then I've adapted it and made it my own. Um, that changed our business. That changed my life. And it in bullseye branding wouldn't be where it is today without Collective Genius. And it's introduced me to people like you and Stephanie and Billy and, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, Jim's asphalt. I mean, I, 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 now if I start naming everybody, I'm going to, you know, go on forever and leave somebody out and get in trouble. But you will surround yourself with great people and you don't have to do it all right at the beginning. Just do something great. Just be great at something. How can someone get hold of you? Uh, you can go to bullseyebranding.com. 
and you can book a consultation. That's probably the easiest way if you're if you're looking into utilizing our services. Uh, just book a consultation. It goes right to my calendar, and uh, anytime that's open there, I'm available. And we'll do a one-on-one. I'll show you a little bit more about what we do. Also, we are uh, taking market reservations for the launch of 1-800-SELL-NOW. Um, so you can just do that through Bullseye Branding. The website should be up right now, but it, they may not have done it by uh, press time. You know how web web guys go. This is live. Is it up? Well, that's what I'm saying. They may not have got it by the deadline <laughs> if you want to look it up really quick. Um, but you can just go through Bullseye Branding, and we're taking market reservations for that as well. Um, and, uh, you know, just go to Bullseye Branding and book a consultation. That's probably the easiest way. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. You're the man, brother. Very much. It's been awesome. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you guys for watching.